Hi guys, welcome back to Vetfolio Voice. I'm your host, Dr. Cassie, and I'm thrilled to bring you this episode where I'll be speaking with Dr. Christopher Byers about what can be the most challenging part of managing Cushing's disease for some of us, client communication. Cushing's disease can be really difficult to diagnose and treat effectively, and in some of the tougher cases, it's easy for the client to become discouraged without excellent communication from the whole veterinary team. I had so much fun recording this podcast with Dr. Byers, and he has some excellent tips not only on how to manage this difficult disease, but how to communicate about it effectively to the client. And, as far as I know, it's the only episode where we get to reference the music of one Marshall Mathers or Eminem. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Byers and then we'll get into our interview. Dr. Christopher Byers is a practicing board-certified veterinary emergency and critical care and small animal internal medicine specialist based out of Omaha, Nebraska. He received his bachelor's degree from Colorado State University and his DVM from Cornell University. Dr. Byers' professional passions are mentoring and coaching veterinary students and colleagues in the areas of emergency and critical care, internal medicine, and communication skills. He's traveled around the globe partnering with veterinary professionals dedicated to advancing animal health. Dr. Byers publishes a weekly blog called Critical Care DVM, which you should definitely check out if you get the chance. The goals of Critical Care DVM are to educate pet parents and promote the triad of care between the pet owner, primary care doctor, and board-certified veterinary specialist. His passion for this triad of care really comes across in talking to him. Let's go ahead and get into our interview. His passion for this triad of care really comes across in talking to him. Let's go ahead and get into our interview. So... I know from listening to your Cushing's presentations, you really stress the importance of positive client communication. So in this kind of Q&A format that we have here, can you talk about how you talk to clients about pursuing diagnosis and treatment and how that messaging, you keep that consistent? And if clients do have financial concerns, how do you address those? Absolutely. I'm happy to answer all of those questions. They're, they're great ones. So I really hope that this chat will be a useful resource for our colleagues that are diagnosing these patients that are treating these Cushing's patients every day. So where would you like to start? Well, we talked about the positive client communication, and I think that is extra important when it comes to Cushing's disease. I mean, it's a frustrating disease. It can be difficult to diagnose and to regulate. Can you give us a couple of client discussion points that help get them on board with the diagnosis and treatment and ease some of the inherent frustration that can come with all of this? Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. My approach to this situation actually reflects how I approach client communication in general. But before I dive into those specifics, I want folks to remember one important point. One, according to the Program for International Assessment of Adult Competencies, 52% of Americans have a basic or below basic level of reading skills. The breakdown is this. 34% have basic literacy skills. 
14%, one four, have below basic literacy levels, and 4% are non-literate. I don't bring up those statistics to judge or to shame anyone, but rather I mention them because, as always, I feel it's important for all of us as veterinarians, as veterinary nurses, as members of veterinary healthcare teams, to know our target audience. Using complex phraseology filled with medical jargon isn't going to help you achieve one of your goals. What is that? Empowering a pet owner with comprehensible information that they need to be a collaborative partner. So now for some specifics. Who remembers the movie Eight Mile? Do you remember it, Cassie? This is I'm embarrassed to say that I love Eminem and I have not seen Eight Mile. I have, I'm putting it on my to-do list right now. Oh, well, you hit it on the head. It is that movie starring Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. <laughs> Eminem. And not to ruin it for you, but at the end of the movie, Eminem's character, B-Rabbit, has to battle. Well rap battle that is and he's battling his nemesis papa doc played by the wonderful anthony mackie and papa doc decides to let eminem spit bars first yes i did just a spit bars i love that we have now used spit bars on one of these podcasts <laughs> that makes me so happy <laughs> and what does eminem do well he takes a moment to really think about everything Papa Doc is probably going to try and use against him in his own rap. And Eminem uses that knowledge to his advantage. He says, I know everything he's about to say against me. And Eminem uses this tactic so successfully that when it's Papa Doc's turn, he goes blank. He freezes. He's got nothing. So I can hear some of the listeners now saying, what the heck does this have to do with client communication? We're smart people. We should be able to anticipate client questions, client concerns, things that make clients worry. And I say, incorporate those questions, those concerns, into your spiels, into how you explain things to clients and communicate with them about those worries directly, compassionately, and at a level they understand so effectively that when you're done and you ask them what questions they have, they don't have any. Why? because you were such an effective communicator that you headed their concerns off at the pass. So when it comes to Cushing's disease, what are some of the concerns clients have? Well, in my experience, they want to know, is my pet suffering or in pain? How will this disease affect my pet's quality of life? How is it diagnosed? How is it treated? 
are the medications safe? Does treatment cure the disease? And what happens if I don't treat the disease? So knowing these are common questions and concerns of pet owners, I really recommend that spiels directly and concisely answer those questions. No, Cushing's disease is not typically associated with pain. Treatment isn't always indicated, especially in dogs without clinical signs or in those without evidence of organ injury like excess protein loss in the urine or high blood pressure. But for those who do need treatment, their quality of life is expected to improve at home so they can lead happy and healthy, high-quality lives at home. When it comes to testing and treatment, I unabashedly advocate for honesty. I plainly tell folks diagnosing Cushing's disease can be complicated, that finding the best dose of medication can take some time, but treatment is usually straightforward. Why is making a diagnosis potentially challenging? Because there's no perfect test. In fact, we may have to perform a few blood and urine tests to make an accurate diagnosis. So the diagnostic process is just that, a process. And I just want to be transparent with pet owners from the get-go in the interest of setting realistic expectations. And then you have to spend time explaining treatment, what the medication does, what the potential side effects are, what the requisite follow-up visits and monitoring look like. And so far, I've been chatting about what a veterinarian needs to communicate to the owner of a cushionoid patient. But veterinary nurses and assistants who also communicate with clients have to be prepared to communicate similarly. All healthcare team members need to be on the same proverbial page. A clear, consistent message builds trust and confidence on behalf of the pet owner. So please don't underestimate the power of everybody on a veterinary healthcare team educating pet owners with the same information. And lastly, let's remember this important statistic. According to multiple studies, only 30% of the population is made up of auditory learners, those who learn best through hearing. In contrast, about 65% are visual learners. So while I very much believe it's important to have an informative conversation with owners, I also believe it's imperative that we as veterinarians, as veterinary healthcare team members, have informational handouts, that we give them these handouts about Cushing's disease, and those handouts need to touch on the most salient points to reinforce your conversation with them. That's part of the reason that I created criticalcaredvm.com to provide pet owners with 
high quality information about health issues like Cushing's disease. And how do I usually end up ending conversations with pet owners? Well, first I ask them, did I explain things okay? Now, please note, I didn't say, I didn't ask, does this make sense? And I think this is a very important nuance. Why? The typical client, the typical pet owner will rarely admit if something doesn't make sense to them. But I think we all know they will not hesitate to tell you if you didn't do something well. And then after answering what few questions they usually have, I ask, or rather I say, I know this was a lot of information. So if you're like me, you're going to go home. You're going to read all of this information again, probably several times. So if new questions pop up, please be sure to write them down so I can answer them the next time we chat. I think you made a lot of really great points there, especially the part about, does that make sense? I'm so guilty of the, does that make sense? Yeah, Um, it's, it's a very common thing that we all say. And just simply modifying that question to one that's a little bit more welcoming really can make a huge difference to owners feeling comfortable with you that you're willing to continue this conversation with them in the best interest of their pet. Absolutely. That's something I'm, I'm definitely going to take forward and try to change my wording there because I truly never thought about it, that somebody wouldn't want to admit, no, it doesn't make sense. And to reframe it in the way of, did I do everything? Okay. It's such a simple nuance, just like you said, but it really does change the question a hundred percent. Absolutely. What about when you have a patient who's difficult to diagnose or regulate and you find yourself having to repeat this ACTH stem test or other tests more often than you've hoped? How do you talk to clients about that? Yeah, I understand the basis of this question, but if I'm being completely honest, it's not really a major issue for me, at least over the past almost two decades. And I I don't say that as a bragging point. And I do recognize that in my position, I work with a select group of pet owners. But even with those points being made, I very much believe the reason I don't have a lot of issues with client compliance with required testing even in frustrating cases, is because my initial spiel, that of my teams, and the written information that we provide them actually directly addresses this potential issue. So right from the get-go, clients know testing and finding the ideal medication dose is a process. It can take a bit of adjustment until we're on so-called cruise control. But once we are, then it's usually smooth sailing. And don't forget one of my original points of anticipating client concerns. They want, and dare I say, need to know treatment 
that going through all of this rigmarole is worth it to their pet. So be sure to emphasize in all of your conversations the important fact that while we can't cure Cushing's disease, we can, through treatment, improve their pet's quality of life so they're happy at home with their families. And I think you've hit on a really important point a couple of times that managing Cushing's disease, it's very much a team sport. So we need the client on board as well as the rest of our team. What kind of things do you and your team talk about with regard to Cushing's in order to get everyone on the same page so the messaging to the client is consistent and positive? Oh, this point of consistency of messaging cannot be emphasized enough. What your team members relay to pet owners absolutely must align with what they hear from you as the doctor. If there is no consistency, clients won't trust you. They won't be compliant. They're going to go elsewhere because they felt uneasy because they didn't know why they were hearing different things from different folks at your hospital. So for me, I've taken three steps to help ensure that my team and I deliver a consistent message. One, my nurse and my assistant have heard my spiel probably too many times to count And in fact, I'm confident that they could actually give it without blinking an eye. They're in my consultation room. They've listened to my conversations with clients. They know what I'm going to say. Two, they're familiar with the educational handout that I provide pet owners. They, in fact, know it backwards and forwards. And so they know what the client is reading. So they've heard what I say, and they know what the client is reading. And three, my other internal medicine colleagues and I give in-house training presentations to our own teammates. In-service training, in my opinion, is one of those underutilized resources in clinical practice. And we need to remember that our team members are proud to be members of veterinary healthcare teams. They want to learn. They want to be of service to us as doctors. And most importantly, they want to be of service to their patients and their families. You're absolutely right. And I think you you made a good point. You hit the nail on the head that education is the key to that. Having everybody understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and every the whole team on the same page is what really helps drive that message home at the end of the day. Absolutely. We know that the diagnosis for Cushing's can seem expensive. Are there ways to minimize the cost? The simple answer is yes. There are some ways we as veterinary team members can reduce costs. And where is the biggest cost? It's usually associated with the recommended ACTH stimulation tests. In a lot of situations, that recommended test can be cost prohibitive. But we have some options. For example, 
I don't run a full ACTH stimulation test with a pre and a post sample. I only measure a post sample. I also use the lowest possible dose of cortisin, so I don't have to use a full bottle each time. For example, for screening for Cushing's disease, the recommended dose is five micrograms per kilogram IV. But for dogs receiving veteral, we know based on published data that a dose of one microgram per kilogram intravenously can be used. So with informed consent provided to an owner, this is one way to reduce cotrosin cost to families. And if that's not enough, then you could abandon the ACTH stimulation test altogether. You could instead embrace the approach of our colleagues in the European Union and Australasia. That is to say, you use a pre-pill cortisol level in combination with clinical signs to assess patient response. Now, it's important to remember that this pre-pill cortisol approach is recommended only for dogs that are doing well on veteral. For those who are ill while receiving veteral, you should be performing a full ACTH stimulation test. Now, veteral cost can sometimes be a factor, but again, it's usually the cortrosin. But if veteral cost is an impediment to client compliance, then consider some of these options. One, use the off-label, low-dose, twice-daily protocol that has been published. Two, script the drug out to another pharmacy or price match if a client is finding it financially friendlier at another pharmacy. Or three, consider using a lower price point for patients receiving chronic medications like Veteral. So a one-off medication is priced higher than chronic medicines like Veteral. Those are clients that are going to be coming back to you multiple times for refills. But here's what you should not do. Do not compound simply to save money. That's absolutely inappropriate and your liability insurance carrier will not be happy with you if you take that road. The fact is you should very rarely need to compound veteral. And again, you should never compound anything simply to save money. And remember, if you are going to compound because, for example, a client can't safely give a capsule and you feel you need to use a liquid formulation, then the compounded formulation should be made from veteral capsules, not from trilostane, the active pharmaceutical ingredient or API. And of course, the compounding pharmacy you choose should be accredited by the Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board or PCAB. They should be licensed in your state and they should be willing to provide you a copy of their liability insurance coverage. 
if they aren't PCAB accredited, if they aren't licensed in your state, or if they won't provide you proof of liability insurance, I recommend finding a new compounding pharmacy. I've heard that about compounding from Vedril and not from Trilostane and issues that can come with not doing it that way and issues with compounding Trilostane in general. So I think those are all really good suggestions. Plus, the idea of, I've certainly heard of the cortisol level, but not just the post for the ACTH stim. I think that's a really neat approach that I may need to look into a little bit more for people with financial concerns. Yeah, these little alternatives with informed consent to the owner can be very meaningful for them, can make things more doable. And if you can make things more doable for them, that's obviously in the best interest of the patient. Absolutely. You're going to get a lot more done for your patient that way if you can make things work for for both parties in that scenario. How do you talk to clients with financial concerns about Cushing's? How do you how do you put the expense of treating a disease that will be chronic in perspective, especially considering that if we do get these guys treated and we get them to that cruise control, that smooth sailing point, they generally have a pretty positive prognosis. Yeah, so this is where I've been told I'm different in my approach. I've been told I'm different a lot, but we're specifically (laughs) talking about this scenario. And I say that in regards to my initial approach. What do I mean? I don't talk about finances. I firmly believe I'm a doctor. I am not a banker. My job is to educate pet owners about what I believe is best for their pet, about what my recommendations are, and those recommendations are based purely on medicine, not on finances. I don't prejudge my clients. I've never modified initial recommendations because I've thought, I can't recommend that. They're never going to do it. There's no way. Have I thought clients wouldn't be able to afford one of my recommendations? Absolutely. Did that prevent me from making those valid and appropriate recommendations anyway? Absolutely not. And after I make medical recommendations, I have a team member go over a treatment plan with them. This is where the money talk comes into play. But again, I'm not the one having this conversation. Someone, usually my nurse, does that. And they've been trained how to broach this situation with compassion and transparency. So if a client asks me, so doc, how much is this going to cost? My response is usually something like, you know, that's a very important question, but it's one I can't answer because I'm a doctor. I'm not a finance person, but I very much recognize we all live in the real world and I would need someone to give me this information too. So one of my team members is going to go over a treatment plan with you that details all of the things we've been chatting about. If 
after going over that information, you're ready to move forward, great. But if we need to make changes, I just need you to be open and honest with us so we can help you in any way we can. Here's the key point. You have to be a good enough communicator that you don't make an owner feel badly for not being able to heed one of your recommendations. It's something that we're all taught and it's so important to just repeat it over and over and over again to remember that it's not, like you said, it's not our job to judge what a client can or cannot do. It's our job to present the best medicine and then, you know, make a plan from there and to, like you said, create this open and honest dialogue to where you can do the best for your pet within the means of, of what the owners can do. Absolutely. I, I sometimes will use the phraseology, you deserve to know what I believe is best for your pet. There's so many things that I'm, I'm taking away from this talk and that are going in my hip pocket. And I'm like, <laughs> these are all great points, especially talking about Cushing's disease. I mean, it can be a really, really difficult thing that can go on for a while. And you're absolutely right. Having, setting those expectations from the beginning, creating this positive and open and honest dialogue, it makes all the difference in the world. Well, thanks. It's, it's one of my favorite hormone disorders, and that's probably why we're chatting about it, but let there be no mistake, it's a complicated disorder. It's complicated in terms of pathophysiology. It's complicated in terms of diagnosing. Treatment is relatively straightforward once you get there, but all of the conversations that you have with clients are meaningful because you need them to be an effective, a collaborative partner on their pet's healthcare team. And as a critical care and internal medicine specialist, I firmly and unabashedly believe in the triad of care, which is a phrase that I did not make up, but I love it. A phrase that describes that uniquely powerful relationship between a pet owner, primary care veterinarian, and a board-certified veterinary specialist. Absolutely. It's an essential relationship for, for all of us to have to get the best care for our patients. Well, Dr. Byers, it's been wonderful having you on today. Thank you for sharing all of this information. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? I think... The last thing that I would like to tell our colleagues is believe in yourself, have confidence in your abilities, you know what you're doing, and you really do make a difference in your patients' lives every day. So thank you. Such a good reminder. Thank you. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed that talk as much as I did. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'd also like to extend a big thank you to Dr. Byers for his insight and to DECRA for sponsoring this event. If you'd like to find more episodes like this, click on the Education tab on Vetfolio's webpage. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. 
Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.